Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. You're listening to a Mint podcast, brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi everyone, this is Shovik and welcome to the Mint Techsetra podcast. I cover technology for Mint where we try to make boring tech sound cool for you and hope that we don't end up making cool tech sound boring. Tune in as we decode the latest from the world of technology in India and around the world every week. Today's episode will be presented to you by RJ Ayush, who's a radio jockey with Fever FM and hosts his own tech show called Tech Panti. Over to you, Ayush. Thank you so much for the introduction, Shovik. This is a special episode brought to you by Nasdaq. Innovative technologies and strategies are transforming customer experiences across various industries. Whether it's healthcare, banking or telecom, artificial intelligence is a key player in boosting business growth and ensuring customer happiness. By harnessing the power of AI, organizations are revolutionizing the entire customer journey. And we've seen some truly remarkable examples of this through captivating case studies and valuable industry insights. Curious about how AI can create delightful customer experiences? In this episode, we are joined by Sundra Sukhavanam, the Chief Digital Officer at First Source Solutions. With over 28 years of experience in IT and operations, Sundra is a visionary leader in business and technology. Sundra's expertise lies in intelligent automation, analytics, and the seamless integration of cutting-edge technologies into scalable business offerings. Join us as we explore his insightful tips on utilizing AI to cultivate customer delight. Welcome to our podcast, Mint Etcetera. Hi, Sundra. How are you? Hey, Yush. I'm doing really well. Excited to be here. Uh, you know, this is this is this is sort of the the core topic of conversation. You know, not just around the water coolers and boardrooms, but everywhere. So, you know, amazing, amazing to be here. Thank you. Uh, first of all, if you'd let uh, our listeners know that you've joined from New Jersey, how the weather? How's the weather there? New Jersey is uh, unseasonably warm, but I can tell you, it's still fun to be around. Uh, you know, it's been a pleasant year thus far. So, it's all good. Fantastic. So, let's talk about e-commerce. How exactly do those cool AI-powered chatbots and virtual assistants provided by First Source make personalized recommendations and assist customers? Yeah, I think let's take a step back, right? Whenever, when, whenever I think of, uh, you know, customer experience, right? Um, a, a lot of us think of the point of interaction with the customer, right? But our belief system and our philosophy is, you know, that's the moment that matters. But a lot of stuff has to be done and can be done in the entire back-to-front value chain to create that moment that matters, right? And, and for us, it could be as simple as, you know, if it's an interaction with an agent, is empathy the driving force, 
because you can feel it you know customers can feel it right if it is with a chatbot you know is there enough intelligence and emotional quotient associated with that interaction so that if it's an issue the issue is resolved you know if it's something that can pleasantly surprise the customer you know he or she gets that outcome so for us we look at it in multiple stages right it could be as simple as you know specifically for an e-commerce site it could be as simple as a recommendation engine you know the recommendation engines have existed forever you know all of us get recommendations but is it as personalized as it can be now that's where ai can play a big role we are seeing this significant shift in 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 gen ai um, and large language models having the ability to understand images understand context understand sentiment and and a lot of this in the form of analytics and recommendations plays into how the chatbot can make the conversation very real instead of by default you knowing that you're interacting with a bot and there are three places that i would like to call out number one is instead of just looking at what the chatbot does look at how the coding is done and if the development team actually uses something like a copilot for generating and validating code it's become very real today and we've tested it and it works that makes sure that you know the backend and the code the foundation works well for what outcome you want the second is in any e-commerce website there are two parties that are at play one is the suppliers and then there's the consumer but how consistent is the information from the supplier populated into the database you know and it could be as simple as are all the parameters and descriptions of the product available and they are they consistently available so those things can be automatically extracted you know and and populated today using ai and then comes the most important part right a if the ai models today can understand that i typically buy stuff that is pink so i can show in terms of recommendation what is pink right instead of a blue sofa in a red room i can actually show show a pink sofa so our ability to use the technologies bases our understanding of the persona that we are interacting with and the data elements and the data history that exists and then fine tuning the interaction so that it is truly personal is something we are seeing e-commerce in our customers actually benefit quite a bit you know we do work uh, for very large e-commerce clients and we are seeing this in play today as we speak fantastic just to carry this forward this conversation an ai could you know go through several data points so how do you teach i mean i mean i am talking from a very larger perspective an eagles eye view so how many parameters can an ai go through when we talking about data when we say ai right i mean machine learning as the most foundational implementation of ai has existed for a while right and and it was always about can i train the model the advantage we have today is there are so many pre-trained models that you could take and you could fine tune them so for us to create a foundation model with the amount of data is required is humongous but there are so many pre-trained models so it doesn't become a count of i can do you know 150 parameters 300 parameters 18000 parameters right it becomes more about can i give contextual data that can be used to tune the model i'll give you another example it's not just about what you train the model with in that interaction it could be an agent talking to a customer and 
you could understand the best behavior agent and we do it today we take the attributes of the best agent and you replicate that and provide it as prompts to the agent so that he or she knows that hey there's a real time analysis of the sentiment this is the answer that i should give right and and we often talk about what extra ai can do but ai can also help us stop certain things that we are doing you already mm-hmm. sold something don't oversell it right in the cross sell upsell you you are able to react to it so the learning and the data that goes into the model is not just about one dimension it is also learning up from the best agents learning about sentiment so multiple dimensions being fed in so that the best behavior of the agent can be portrayed when the interaction happens with the customer sundar we all know that web chat has become a popular digital channel for banks to interact with their customers but how can banks make the most out of this channel how can they enhance customer service and build brand loyalty using web chat as a tool and of course we'd uh, love to know how first source plays a role in this process you know not not many of our viewers might know right first source started as an offshoot of the icici bank right way back in 2001 so for us you know as a company you know we understand banking in a much more fundamental way because that's our core business and and a majority of our customers are very very large banks and and if you look at the banking ecosystem it's actually a fight for you know customers and and what drives that is think about it the interest rates and the ecosystem is driven by macroeconomic conditions right there are other factors that come into play so the only thing that is in the control of a bank is the experience that you can give your customer that becomes core to the philosophy of what you can do to retain a customer to win back a customer and also build loyalty so you can do this you know multiple ways but i'll give you specific examples instead of talking generic right one is if it is a chat ecosystem your ability to do that interaction in such a way that you are able to understand the chat hmm. understand the sentiment from the chat extract key information from the chat feed it to possibly an assisted automation that can go and fetch the necessary information to populate the agent in a heartbeat so that the agent is not doing the chores of the job but the person that is chatting has all the information right in in one snapshot that today is very real the second is what kind of recommendations can be given to the agent or even the chatbot on what kind of messaging has to go back the third is what kind of analytics can come into play for that particular interaction to become more personalized right hmm. all of this is possible today and and we are seeing banks do this we we have implemented first thing is how do we decide the chat is the right channel i mean there's there's considerable amount of analytics that go because you have omni channel right it could be a visual idr um, you know that that can be much more productive for the consumer based on the past behavior it could be that there's a certain threshold and you actually switch over from the chat to an actual agent because it might be the value that you want to add so it's not just about the ai that can summarize that can contextualize that can do sentiment analysis and provide a necessary response but it is also the deep analytics that goes behind it to figure out the right choice of channel hmm. another example right collections is is very big right in the banking ecosystem and how do you do collections keeping empathy in the forefront for us we've been using digital collections for a while right and and the advantage with digital collections again is we use 
you know, uh, machine models that can actually suggest the strategy that has to be adopted for the outreach. What time should the email go out? What should be the subject of the email? Right. And if the email fails, what is the next? Is it, is it an SMS? Is it a different email? What are the payment options that should be provided to the consumer so that his financial burden is lessened rather than having him to choose something? So all of this, there's phenomenal amount of technology today that we use in the form of machine learning, in the form of Gen AI, in the form of even as simple as RPA that is integrated to provide that delight at the point of interaction. And this is very real for, you know, in, in today's banking world for the customers that we serve. Really amazing answer. Sundra, I had a follow-up question to this. How far is a chatbot from an actual assistant, like a full-fledged human assistant? And how much time is it going to take for a chatbot to reach to that level of understanding where we not need a human intervention? You know, this is, this is you know, we, we call as general artificial intelligence, right? And I'm not sure the chatbot behaving like a human is still GAI, right? I mean, GAI is even a little bit more advanced. Hmm. But for us, I think it is not, the philosophically, it is not about saying that a chatbot can replace a human, hmm. right? I think it is for us to understand what is the right mode of interaction so that there is a human in the loop and the chatbot does what it is good at and the human takes over at the point in time where it is appropriate. My personal view, it's probably less than less than five, six years away when you start seeing chatbots become more and more and more human. There are many examples today, but the reality is this, right? What is available in the public domain hmm. and the art of possible to become very real within an enterprise the gap is typically about 36 to 48 months. Because when you take the capability that is available in a public domain and make it real within an enterprise, you start dealing with the limitations of an enterprise with the availability of data, the availability of security, the guardrails that have to go around it. So it's a very controlled ecosystem within which you want to exploit the capability to its fullest. right? Mm. So for a chatbot to become real, the capability might exist, but for it to become real within an enterprise for a B2C conversation, it's going to take a little bit, but not too much. Fantastic. So when businesses are, you know, they want to bring AI to their customer service game, what factors should they consider and how can they ensure a smooth customer experience with first source support? Today, um, you know, one of the um, one of the biggest advantages, you know, our, our philosophy is what we call digital first, digital now, right? And and there's a reason why, you know, we, we coined this. The whole world knows, you know, it, there's a machine first mindset you need to take to providing customer service. But, but the key is now, right? Because the time is now. Our belief system is that every every opportunity that an enterprise misses to adopt a new technology leaves them at least 24 months behind a competitor that has started working on it, hmm. right? So, so I think the 24-month gap becomes wider and wider, the rate at which technology is evolving. So if I was an enterprise, if I was a bank, if I was a healthcare company, and I know the art of possible, there are three things that I would suggest and what we see our customers adopting. Number one, are you actually creating an ecosystem within your enterprise that gives you the ability to play around with these technologies so that you know what is the limit. 
the second is are you creating a broad based democratization in the form of understanding not just the capabilities but the sensitivities associated with some of these technologies right it could be in the form of a coe with multiple dimensions or it could be democratization in the form of training for example everybody talks about gai but the costs of uh, you know the lack of a good prompt engineering could skyrocket the benefits that you get right so the need to understand what engineering needs to go behind it so that you can actually keep the costs in control with the security and the privacy the third is we've seen our customers most successful customers not have a hammer and start looking for nails right you got to look at our framework is about looking at multiple technologies from the point of view of what is relevant for a business process right it's not just in, you know implementing a chatbot it possibly is implementing a chatbot we've rolled out for a telecom giant 25000 agents that use you know an assisted automation because they work on you know actually multiple systems while there is a query from the customer for changing the order and we've automated that process so the agent now has that chore taken away so when you start looking at implementation of these technologies it's not the most complex it is the it is an understanding of right sizing the capability for what works to make that business process efficient while delivering customer experience that is world class hmm. so domain knowledge is extraordinarily important if you want to really find solutions you know with an understanding of technology fantastic you did touch upon healthcare you know healthcare is always full of challenges tell us about the hurdles that the system faced when it came to patient financial clearance how did it affect revenue and patient engagement you know if you if you look at healthcare and and there are two pieces to the puzzle right one is the payer ecosystem the you know it's getting stronger and stronger uh, at least in the us and then we 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 support about 900 hospitals in the us on the provider side right hmm. and and we we a considerable amount of work we do is on two pieces of the puzzle one is um in a lot of patients that walk in without insurance and they they are at the point of service and and they're struggling because they get the service but they they don't know whether they're eligible for medicaid they don't know whether they're eligible for other kinds of financial assistance right so our platforms again this is a combination of its cloud native you know it's rolled out in a heartbeat uh, to our hospital providers but our platforms use a combination of technologies including automation including machine models for us to be able to do near real time analysis to say these are you are eligible for xyz you are eligible for financial assistance or or other services that you can avail at this point in time one of the key points associated with patient financial experiences there's a lot of focus on patient experience as always be because that's the core for this um, the hospital providing the service but often ignored is the financial burden that goes with it that the patient has to endure which might last way beyond the point of service as well right so our ability to use technology to lessen that burden we've seen significant uptake on two fronts one first the patient experience is better the second this is revenue for the hospital that they will struggle with right and it's a big deal because you know at that point in time the service is mandatory they have to provide the service that's the nature of the hospital but their financial burden we've seen an uptick of 40 to 50% 
in collecting this money at the point of service or identifying avenues for the hospital. This is one part of the puzzle. The second is at the end of the cycle when the hospital or the provider has to collect from the patient. Our collections ecosystem, whether it is the recommendation engine, whether it is the propensity to pay models that help you go and collect, or it is as simple as the right reach out using the right digital channel. We've hmm. seen well over 70% increase in collection rates using our digital channels for hospital as opposed to the traditional call and collect. Wow. Again, keeping in mind, these are real, you know, real life scenarios where we've seen the uptick on how digital collections can be, uh, play a big role in the revenue cycle. Really fantastic. And I'm now more curious about how technology in healthcare made things like scheduling, prioritization and payment collection easier for patients. How did it boost efficiency and make the whole patient experience better? Yeah, I mean, uh, about two years back, uh, you know, or three years back, a lot of it was about, you know, the pre-registration, uh, you know, the scheduling. We introduced a lot of things related to COVID, right? Hmm. A set of mandatory questions, making sure that, you know, there is a set of guidance given. And that's where the entire interaction model with the patient started becoming more and more digital. Hmm. Today, there are, again, multiple things we do. We, we use technology to make this as seamless as possible to the extent that if the patient is coming in for an MRI, we're able to give the patient a view of, you know, what is the estimate out of pocket that he or she has to be ready with. Hmm. Most often, more often than not, right? It's like a black box. I don't know what I'm, how much I'm going to be accountable for. Hmm. But today, with today's technology, with the insurance information, with other information, and the direct feed uh, in, uh, integrations that we've done with the hospital's uh, EMR systems, we're able to actually say, this is what you need to be ready for. And if you're not able to pay this, there are these avenues that we can help you with. So scheduling, registration, patient estimate, and making all this seamless in such a way that there could be a hospital ecosystem, but the patient goes to MRI to one center, he or she goes for a blood test to another center, and then he goes for the actual service to a hospital. Giving all of this in one view makes it really easy for the patient to understand everything on one page. Mm. Right? So again, uh, you know, whether it is AI in the form of recommendation engines, for what the patient has done, or it is machine models for that that are as simple as, you know, for a hospital when they raise a claim to figure out whether this claim has a pre-authorization, needs a pre-authorization, is it going to get denied? So denial prediction models and ability to avoid that. So it helps both on the front end for the patient and for the claims processing side for the hospital as well. That's where we see a phenomenal amount of benefit with our platforms, our technology that we implement today for our customers. I'm again curious to ask this question to you. Um, is this also happening in you know developing countries? Are they also adopt, adapting AI at the speed where uh, which a developed country is? I, I think I see two things, right? Number one, um, developing countries the regulations around the use of technology are not that stringent hmm. compared to the developed countries, right? And so I see a lot more activity in exploring AI, you know, in the startup ecosystem within healthcare, within developing countries, right? Now, this brings in two problems. Number one, 
the lack of a clear control and governance mechanism associated with data privacy associated mm. with patient confidentiality are not problems we are worried about today but they will become problems as this matures but we see a lot more adoption and try out and experimentation on that front whereas with developed countries i'm seeing this you know we we run into this problem of if you take a healthcare payer i can actually use gen ai to solve a lot of pro- questions that come up because a lot of questions about 40% of the questions that come up to a you know healthcare health insurers call center is a, a question about my benefit plan mm. right i i'm going to go for an x-ray right how much is covered how much of it is not covered what will be my out of pocket what will be my copay right now these are questions that you know we've done considerable amount of experimentation we can actually solve with genai hmm. we can solve with large language models that can understand these payment grids which are standard and public domain available information but for you to now implement that within an enterprise for healthcare there's a lot of data privacy data challenges and the guardrails because you know you can't have the engine make a recommendation with a bias Hmm. Right. So, how do you avoid ethical bias, especially in patient confidentiality and patient recommendation? So, I think the it's a balance, right? On one side, I see developing countries with the lack of these regulations have the ability to try out more, and on the other side, develop developed countries with these regulations. When we implement something and it's already happening, it becomes very real, right? And you are now protecting yourself from what could be potential pitfalls that you might face in the future. Hmm. You did talk about service centers. Let's go to the telecom contact centers. You know they have a potential to create delightful experiences for customers, going beyond traditional customer service. How can they achieve this? And what are some strategies that they can employ to contribute to revenue generation? Yeah, I mean there are multiple things that we do today with our telecom customers. Right. Hmm. One is on the service side. Let me talk about that. Right. everybody everybody is now gone away from the craze of the metaverse about 2 years back right mm-hmm. nobody talks about the metaverse anymore but we've actually implemented similar to metaverse ecosystem for training agents that are sitting in india and doing servicing for wow. our broadband router issues right because our our agents and a lot of our agents who sit in india and are taking service calls they don't really understand how the home looks in the us right how the how actual router looks whether it's the blue wire the red wire what is the standard configuration you could do all this you know in the form of videos but when you actually you know have the agent trained using this in the metaverse it becomes real and when it becomes real the ability for the agent to empathize with the customer and provide the service the the ability goes up multiple notches right and i think that is an area where we are seeing significant shift the second is you know you know the recommendation engines becoming smarter right the agent the customer is calling because you know his or her bill has gone up right so we are using digital adoption proactively to say hey your bill is so and so click on this you can click on it and it gives a video of what was the bill last time what is the bill this time what services were more consumed more so explanation of the bill is actually a pretty big deal for telecom companies Hmm. right so can you make that easier when a customer calls in can we use we use tools like visual visual ivr where the consumer or the customer can go give the data 
instead of calling convert it to a visual idr goes through the details clicking on it goes to the specific account without having to have call up somebody to get an answer right mm-hmm. so the servicing side of it phenomenal amount of technology usage and on the customer uh, you know win back and sales side of it your ability to first win back a customer retain a customer and then upsell and cross sell using agent assist using conversational ai technologies understanding sentiment these are things that we've implemented where you know there is a certain there is a certain uh, you know they, they buy xyz but based on the patterns they will actually save a little bit more if they sign on to this other service or switch over from plan a to plan b that recommendation is now very real instead of just hypothetical and giving the agent the cue as the agent is having the interaction with prompts to say this is what you should say now and then after all of this think of compliance right mm-hmm. there are certain things the agent has to say the certain things the agent shouldn't say right all of this becomes prompts prompts so that the agent's behavior becomes better and you're not just solving for the problem but you're also upselling and cross selling right mm-hmm. all of this is in play today for a telecom company so it sounds so fantastic i mean i had this question since eternity that like telecom agents they have a certain empathy towards the customer but usually it's the customer who does not empathize with the agent but with uh, the ai teaching how to empathize with the customer and how to give the right prompts i think this would definitely contribute to revenue generation yeah and and, and you actually bring up a very good point you should see why is the customer frustrated right because and and so you can't that this goes back to our philosophy of you know our our fabric which looks at it's not just the point of service what mm-hmm. happens before that right if it's a billing problem i i paid about 150 dollars and today you give me a bill for 230 dollars obviously i'm my starting point is frustration mm-hmm. but if there's an explanation for that there's a reasoning for that and also a solution to how you can reduce that bill the next month then the first thing is you probably avoid the call and mm. when you do call there is context on both sides so that the conversation is about a solution and explanation rather than frustration that could easily skyrocket you know if not handled properly also it saves up time of uh, these agents to reach out to their superiors and get the right answer from them uh, is it yep. also a great point uh, with genai uh, it is i mean um first thing is your your ability to do near real time sentiment analysis and provide prompts hmm. the second is your ability to uh, you know after call work summarization right if there is an 8 minute aht call about 5 minutes of that possibly goes in this is what happened in the call i need to summarize it and and that increases the frustration for the agent Hmm. right but with gen ai after call work summarization is actually very very real it's a simple use case it's implemented it works and you're able to then take a step back and at the end of the day when the supervisor is looking at agent behavior and looking for specific guidance to be provided he or she now has the intelligence from this summaries for him to provide the right guidance to the agent to make sure they become better every day right hmm. so all of this is possible because it's become simple than it was before. We want to the next question, how does PurSource help customers identify candidate process for AI deployments? Yeah, this is 
um, you know, I think the our philosophy is a little different, right? It's not about identifying candidates for AI deployments. Hmm. For us, it's about identifying business value that needs to be delivered, business outcome that needs to be delivered, and what technologies can be used to deliver that outcome, right? More often than not, it is you know it, it is AI, you know it is RPA, it is process excellence, it is process elimination. So our fabric and framework is about looking at the business process end to end and then figuring out what are the levers that are in play right is it as simple as uh, make making the agent productivity higher and hmm. customer experience higher using automation and analytics and if you're going to use these technologies you look at the entire value chain um, and and we look at it at four levels right everybody looks at user interaction there is an application layer there is a data layer and then there is an infra layer hmm. when we go and suggest customers we look at not just the the top layer but a hey, what are the changes that can be done at a process level but also these multiple levels so that the right technology is used and it might sound a little weird right everybody wants to talk about the best technology the latest technology but more often than not it could be a simplistic technology that bases analytics that you can deploy that can move the needle considerably further right um in the case of mortgage ecosystem right it could be if we take the origination value chain right and you break it down to sub processes you break it down to tasks and you look at a process level and you look at a task level then you start suggesting these are the technologies that can be deployed for us when we when we suggest to customers how to look for opportunities we ask them to look for opportunities basis outcome uh, do you want to drive get greater customer experience in this process do you want to drive greater efficiency and if so is there similarity in the way you approach this both in terms of horizontal and vertical identify the cohorts and use the right technology it's a, it's a well established methodology that we use in our fabric that helps us drive the right outcomes with the focus on you know what can be done to optimize streamline improve the process rather than this is the technology let me let us go and deploy it mm. right if that helps long winded answer but that's you, the way it, it goes so it's, 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 it is a perfect answer and this brings me to my next question you know deploying ai systems to make customer ha- happy is cool but what about the ethical side what should businesses keep in mind to make sure that they are doing the right and not causing any trouble yeah i think um this is this is a often ignored right every we talk about it but i'm not i'm not too thrilled that this is not this is an area that's not getting enough focus as mm. much as it should have it should because today everybody is talking about the art of possible and every company out there says i have a solution i have a framework there are there are three pieces to this puzzle one is data privacy right um and and you know how do you make sure that the model that you're using actually doesn't take phi and pi information and throw it to the cloud right what kind of governance do you need to set up so that the you know the learning is based on what is available in the globe but the actual implementation is bases your corporate mm. that's the first data privacy and security the second is how do i know that 
uh, you know, the answer is not biased. There is going to be bias, right? Because you know, you, you can you can the the response and the result is only as good as the training data that you provide the model with. True. Right. So so our approach is two ways. Number one, a lot of platforms that we use suggest that we use two different models. another model to validate the output of the first one so that you can eliminate bias the second is we always look at the initial stages of implementation with a human in the loop hmm. right now that it seems like an overkill but you probably need to do that so that you understand where to draw the line between what is actually the right recommendation and where it crosses the line to bias right and this is more so in the case of what benefit information you are giving what are you upselling cross selling right how are you solving a specific query that a customer asks based on history there could be a pattern right mm. so so you know somebody calls an e-commerce website and keeps canceling orders right does the model learn from that and say that the next time this guy calls okay i'm not going to do it mm. or does the model say that hey, you've been doing this so i'll give you the cancellation free right so how do you draw the line between a recommendation and, and bias so that's the second thing right can another model validate it but the human in the loop is extremely important but my personal view is i don't think we have an answer to this today yet mm-hmm. right because we've not yet seen the impact of you know bias actually play out in real life as much as it probably can and i think it, this will evolve over the next uh, you know in my opinion a couple of quarters this uh, seems like just out of a science fiction movie that you know ai is going to be so self reliant one day that uh, you know we do not need human intervention and this is what people have been talking about it's uh, i think it's the romanticism with ai that uh, yeah. gets us over here but when we look at the practical side of it the usability of gen ai then we see that uh, not only do we save time but we also get the best outcomes um yeah. what do you think yeah. is the future for gen ai in in like coming 5 years okay um, you know you can you can choose to you know ignore this but a friend of mine uh, a few years back said i don't know if i trust artificial intelligence but i do trust natural stupidity right <laughs> um, and and you know there's there's a certain <laughs> there's a certain predictability associated with uh, uh, with that uh, but but leaving the fun aside right i think this is real this is very very real this is as real as it can get hmm. um you know we're using github copilot and it's 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 adding phenomenal value right but you also have to be careful about plagiarism you have to be careful about you know uh, you know what is generated as code and how you validate it hmm. we use technologies that can do automated test scripts right you write the test in english and it creates it creates the test script automatically gen ai right uh, we use uh, call summarization we use it for you know sentiment analysis right so so a lot of this if you go back to laws of subtraction uh, the book by may google right introduced transformers a while back but it never took off hmm. but why did gen ai and chat gpt what did it do it made it easy for the interaction so the key to success just as when google was launched in in the early 99 and 2000 the simplistic form of nothing else on the page but one box where i could enter a search right 
remove all the complexity and make the interaction simple what has become real today with chat gpt and the likes is the interaction model has become very simple hmm. right and that is why you see the skyrocketing of adoption or at least experimentation so my view is whether it is the the, the development it technology side is become real whether it is the contact center uh, you know interaction with the customer is become real whether it is deep analytics and image analysis and recommendations and extraction it's become real so my belief is over the next 5 years just as we said that you know uh, it's not going to take away jobs but it's going to have people do other jobs hmm that's become real right so, so, so in one of my podcast episodes that i spoke about it i said that in you know late 1960s there were people who were getting hired for being a typist you don't find a, a typist skill requirement in people anymore um then came computers people who uh, could access yeah. copy drives and save data of 1.44 mb onto that copy drive it's non existent and with times uh, moving ahead technologies change and this is just one more thing that we need to adopt in our day to day life yeah i agree only difference with this shift is the disruption that this is going to cause and the challenge it's throwing for people that were experts in their area mm. is very different than we've faced all along and that's mm. going to force us to learn more adapt more and whether we like it or not this is the future that we have to live with right. fantastic thank you so much uh, sundra for sharing your time i'd let all my uh, listeners know that uh, sundra is an avid golfer he loves to play golf uh, so uh, is your weekend plan set uh, are you going to enjoy a session of golf or two yeah of course i mean i i work 5 days a week so that i can golf 2 days a week that's the philosophy so <laughs> fantastic thank you once again to share your time with us sundra and give us so much insight about gen ai and wish you all the best at golf thank you ayush thanks a lot for this opportunity Hey guys I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation on Mint TechSecra brought to you by Nascom. If you have enjoyed this podcast and don't forget to follow us on our socials that is @hdsmartcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can search for us on Facebook as @hdsmartcast. If you have any feedback to give you can give that feedback on our mail ID that is podcast@hindustantimes.com. That is podcast at the rate hindustantimes.com i am ayush and i'll see you around in a fresh new episode of mint tech sector and for more podcasts like this you can log on to www.htsmartcast.com so that's that for this episode we really hope that you enjoyed what we discussed and if you have suggestions in terms of what more we can cover as part of our podcast do let us know you can catch me at distant vicinity on twitter and at shovik das on instagram thank you so much see you next time to stay updated on this podcast follow us at hd smartcast on all the major social media platforms to listen to more such podcasts log on to www.hdsmartcast.com Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? 
At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com.